Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed host for the last 13 years is here, and Kathy and I, between us, have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking to pick the brains of folks who have, uh, are on the cutting edge around things that will be a tool or insight that you can use not for yourself, but not only for yourself. How do you bring that to the people that you may lead, uh, your team, your organization, for many of you, it may be your family. And we're always focusing on... Uh, emotions and emotional intelligence, and what are some of the things in managing this uh, turbulent times that we have with the pandemic and the racial unjust and economic challenges that people's emotions are all so heightened, and so this is the time to do a few things a little different, maybe a few things a little better, and we're focusing on how to become, you know, emotionally brilliant. And today we're going to talk more with Sue Langley. She's the CEO and founder of the Langley Group, and she travels the globe engaging people from all walks of life. Her ability to energize teams and change, uh, develop resilience, uh, well-being in others, and inspire leaders to be their best uh, makes her a very sought-after speaker. So very similar to what Kathy and I have been doing, but we want to pick uh, Sue Langley's brain. She's from Australia, and I know she just uh, did a big program around positive psychology. And so before we bring her on, let me say a few words about uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. You know, between Kathy and I, we've just come out with our new book, Emotional Brilliance, that you can go to you know Amazon and, and get it as a... Uh, Ebook. Kathy is the founder of four consultancies, three leadership institutes. So you can see she's been in the field for quite a while and really has made quite the mark. She has a free iPhone app called Your Happiness Now. You can see her glowing face. And she has many, many best-selling books. Um, one of the more uh, recent ones is Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus. She has uh, What Happy Working Mothers Know, what happy companies know that are also in her, you know, list of best-selling books. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Relly. That's very sweet of you. You know, it's so um, incredibly—I uh, want to say—motivating to think that we have been doing this for 13 years. Um, that we've, you know, we have over four million uh, listeners, and it's just amazing that we started this uh, just you know, a conversation about uh, positive psychology and emotional intelligence. And it's, it's been a, a great 13 years. And we've just uh, moved into our, I guess, our new year uh, with Voice America. So I'm looking forward to an exciting new year together. So before we get started and bring Sue on, I'd really like to make sure that our audience, whether you've been with us for a while or you're a new listener, knows who uh, my favorite co-host is, and that's Dr. Relly Nadler. Uh, he's a master-level certified executive coach and a psychologist, as 
well as a corporate uh, leadership and team trainer. And, of course, he brings his legendary expertise in the whole entire world of emotional intelligence. And we'll get, we'll get into that subject uh, in a few minutes with Sue. But he brings that expertise to all of his relationships, his keynotes, of course, his consulting and coaching. And Relly, I think you just finished a coaching class for the College of Executive Coaching before joining us this morning. So you're certainly very active uh, in the you know, coaching certification world. He is also the author of seven books, including our new book, Emotional Brilliance, How to Live a Stressless, Fearless Life. And he's also published a book specifically on the subject of physician burnout. But as many of you know, in the past couple of shows, we've been talking to folks in law enforcement who are also suffering uh, from burnout. So we're finding a lot of cross paths these days between the healthcare industry and burnout and law enforcement and burnout. So we'll, we'll talk more about that in future shows. But of course, um, Relly also has an IAP. It's free. Uh, we both believe strongly in adding value to people's lives and hopefully leadership keys with all of its videos and hundreds of tools and strategies to be your best um, will be one of your favorites from the App Store. Uh, it's based on his book, of course, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, which is a mainstay for almost everyone these days. And... Um, as we bring uh, our, our guest on, Relly, I guess what I'd like to make sure is everybody knows how to contact us. You can reach Relly at drrellynadler.com. You can email him at Relly at drnadler.com. You can reach me at uh, drkathygreenberg.com and Kathy at drkathygreenberg.com. So, Relly, anything you want to talk about with regard to our new focus on emotional brilliance? I'll just say just a word or two, and then we'll uh, do a little bit more of uh, intro for Sue. We're excited to hear about her. So a lot of what we're focusing on with emotional brilliance is with all these emotions going on, are you able to name them? In our book, we have that acronym NAME. Do you notice what's going on for you, and are you able to name it? The A, are you able to accept it? With a lot of these emotions, you know, obviously we want to sometimes we push it away. And how do you manage that? That's kind of the thrust of a lot of the work that Kathy and I are doing. I'm sure Sue, too. How do you manage your emotions? What do you do for actions? What do you do for thoughts? And then the E is express. Do you express it? And if so, how do you express it? So those are the how-to things, you know, that we're really looking forward, not only with our book, Emotional Brilliance, but, the, you know, the website, you know, emotionalbrilliance.com uh, is uh, full of tools that we're constantly kind of adding to because it's just up and up and running. So www.emotionalbrilliance.com. Let me just say a couple words more about Sue, and then we'll bring her on, for, you know, before our first break. So Sue regularly appears in the media with appearances on Channel 7's House of Wellness. She shared the stage with the father of positive psychology, Dr. Martin Seligman. We've had him on the show and Sue is an emotional intelligence expert and uh, in the hit ABC TV series, Redesign My Brain. Maybe we'll get her to talk a little bit about that. And the Science Channel in the U.S., uh, Hack My Brain. She's also just done, done a program uh, around positive psychology and well-being. That's one of the first uh, diploma programs uh, in the 
in Australia, but also in the world. So we'll get her to talk about that. So, Sue, welcome to the the show. Thank you so much, Riley. Thanks, Kathy. It's great to be here. So tell us a little bit so, as we yeah, kind of get started. Yeah, I was going to say, tell us a little bit as you get started here, you know, about emotional intelligence and how did you get started. And just know, you know, we're probably getting close to the break. Um, but, yeah, so maybe jump in there. So how did you get started with all sure. this? So I got started because I did a program sort of way back in London um, around really, I suppose, self-development, awareness, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized it was something that I wanted to bring back. I was in a leadership role. So I started to teach my team. Um, and uh, once a month, we would sort of close the office for half a day and I would teach them some of the things that I'd learned. And I found, ironically, our sales doubled two years running, even though I wasn't teaching them sales or customer service training. I was purely teaching them about how to handle emotions as they came up. And it clearly made a difference to our performance. So I then started my business once I moved to Australia in the area of EI, positive psych, and most importantly, the neuroscience. So what goes on in the brain behind all of that? In today's environment, I'm sure you get asked, uh, Sue, um, with, you know, isolation going on uh, because of the coronavirus uh, and now uh, with, you know, the wearing of masks, you know, it becomes very complex to communicate. How important is emotional intelligence and how can, um, how can the science, can uh, just the science of emotional intelligence for the moment, assist us to manage during this time? That's a really good question, Kathy, and a complex one because, as, as I'm sure you both know, emotions, I think, are the foundation of everything. If you look at the World Health Organization definition of well-being, the key thing that's missing is that underpin, or not missing, but underpinning all of it is that emotional well-being. If you think about our experiences during COVID-19, we're experiencing all the same emotions we would normally experience, but in a much heightened, more concentrated manner. Um, And absolutely, our ability to connect to people. We know that we read emotions through faces. So, of course, one of the key things is when you've got masks and things like that, you're losing a lot of that ability to connect with somebody. Um, That's why they're even printing masks with half your face on it now in certain countries so that you can still sort of see that. Um, But absolutely, we're taking away some of the key cues. We have a key part of our brain that is responsible for reading faces. And we're losing a lot of that, whether it's via virtual or whether it's because of masks. But I think it's also leading, whether it's the Black Lives Matter, whether it's COVID, whatever you, we're getting these heightened emotions. And I know for most people, we are not taught the science of emotions. We're not taught how to handle them. Um, and so, of course, in this more concentrated time, it's a real challenge because we haven't had the skills or we haven't been taught the skills. And therefore, sometimes these emotions can be overwhelming, which is why one of the key concerns is, are we going to have a lot of mental health issues post the pandemic um, because we haven't necessarily got the tools in our toolkit to handle our emotions as they come up? So, Sue, um, you've been, it sounds like, deep in, in all this, which is really great. That's why we're glad to, you know, to have you be a part of this. Say a little bit about kind of, you know, just the scope of what you do. I know um, you've done some uh, trainings, but is it coaching, training, speaking? Is it all that? Say a little bit about that. And you know, I'm, I'm hearing. Yeah, so the, most of most 
Yeah, most of what I do really is about sort of um, consultant to the consultant. So we do a lot of master training. So, for instance, just this evening I was doing a master training in the Mesquite, which is an emotional intelligence test. Uh, last week we had two cohorts running of our Diploma of Positive Psychology and Wellbeing, which, as you said, is the first in the world. And I appreciate in the U.S. sometimes the word diploma doesn't translate, but it's a um, sort of post um, it's not degree level, but it's just under that um, as far as really a vocational way of bringing positive psychology to life. So I do a lot of those sorts of programs where we have people all over the world getting qualified in that. I personally don't do much coaching. I do have a team of people who do coaching. So most of my world is taken up with um, whether it be senior leadership programs and developing that psychology, that strengths-based positive leadership um, and emotional intelligence skills, um, or whether it's, you, you mentioned earlier in your introduction, traveling around the world, well, obviously that's not happening at the moment, but um, I do find that actually our business is even more global. Um, now we can do things virtually, so it's actually expanding our ability to get this message out there. Sue, and personally, I Sue, would love gonna, it if we could get... Yes. We're going to go to a quick break, so I just wanted you to just hold that thought and don't go away. You're listening to Leadership development news we'll be right back from the boardroom to you voice america business network most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Sue Langley. She's in Australia and also is an expert in emotional intelligence, positive psychology. She uses uh, the MSKI. We'll have her talk about one of the other EI assessments. But one of the things, Sue, we're interested in a little bit, sounds like you've done a fair amount, let's say, uh, we said earlier around the brain and done some uh, TV stuff and science channel, Hack My Brain. What do you find most useful for the general public or maybe the organization you work with just about the brain? You know, if you had to say, okay, here's the two or three things that I want to make sure that they understand and maybe the value of that. Mm. Look, that's interesting because I personally always want to know the science behind things. Um, and so obviously I'm biased in assuming other people do too. Um, and so I did my um, master's in neuroscience of leadership and I know for myself, whether it be as a leader or as someone facilitating learning, that the more I learn about the brain, the more I understand why people do the sometimes strange things that we do, um, how it influences decision-making, our response to change, etc. So um, as well as that, I've uh, actually presented at the FENS conference in um, Europe, which is the, the neuroscience conference. I spent three weeks at the Neuroscience School for Advanced Studies in Venice a couple of years ago trying to really get to grips with it. And unfortunately, as a neuroscientist or a neuroscience researcher, often people aren't able to easily translate their learning to real life, um, which is where hopefully I come in. My job is to synthesize the science to real tools and techniques that people can use. And I think from a leadership perspective, as well as from a holistic sort of well-being perspective, the more we can understand how the brain works when it comes to our um, social connections and the research around social neuroscience, the more we can understand about our brain when it comes to our habits and how it influences our well-being and things like that. It can be really useful for us. And, and I'm sure you're the same with the emotion element is I want to bring people the science of emotions. I'm not interested in, um, you know, sort of talking to people from a very generic perspective or a high level. I want people to understand the science because that's when you can use it. Um, and I know myself, um, you know, I um, had to have one of my cats that I've had for 19 years put down on Saturday. And um, obviously there was an experience of grief. And so for me, actually understanding the science, understanding what I'm experiencing stops me judging myself from, okay, so you just burst into tears. Okay, you're experiencing sadness, grief, loss. Yes, you've lost something you value. That's cool. That's what the science tells you. Are you going to pretend, oh, you shouldn't be so sad about this? It's just a cat, blah, 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 and try and judge my emotions, or do you go with it? And then I put various strategies in place, so I didn't keep bursting into tears um, over the next 24 hours, so that I feel that I've um, managed those emotions, to your point earlier, about managing and handling them. But also honoring, and it's a phrase I use all the time around the science, is get comfortable with the uncomfortable emotions. Sometimes it's really important to sit with your sadness, to sit with your grief and allow it to pass, same as if you're anxious over going back into the office with um, COVID. 
it's sometimes really okay to sit with the discomfort and not assume we've got to get rid of it. And again, we know from a neuroscience perspective, the more you try and pretend that you're not feeling something, the more likely your brain is to keep reminding you that you're feeling it. Um, It's called ironic mental processing. So understanding how the brain works and understanding the science of emotions, the science of well-being can just help us put tools and techniques into practice much more effectively. As you're talking, Sue, I I just want to resonate with everything that you've said. I mean, my my behavioral science background stems from the study of uh, our early ancestors, monkeys and apes. So I worked in a neuroscience lab uh, for a decade before I worked with human beings. And so I find it quite humorous sometimes, really, will tell you, when I see people doing behaviors that obviously I've seen before in non-human primates. And what I find the distinction is, and I think our audience would appreciate this, the distinction is in the lack of judgment. You know, if you um, take your example, right, with with the cat, um, if you look at at our non-human primates uh, in the wild or even in a lab setting where they're in a naturalized environment, almost like um, to some degree a zoo, you can see that they go through a series of emotions and they do it very quickly, very, very quickly. Mm. Um, They could spark, right, some aggression over some food and that will go away very quickly. They don't hang on to those emotions. They don't hang on to those feelings. So it's funny that our brains um, are architected in a very similar way. What makes us distinctively different is the social settings in which we operate. And to me, that's where the emotional intelligence can fall apart. Because if you don't understand the culture in which that feature of emotion is being expressed, it could be acceptable, it could be not acceptable. So to the point you're making for yourself, and I've done it myself, in fact, I've been accused of of being too logical around my own emotions. (laughs) I'd like to have you tell us a little bit about your program called Everyday Heroes, because that sounds really intriguing. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a range of different programs that we offer to um, corporate and individual level. Um, Everyday Heroes, we created... uh, two-day program around sort of boosting well-being and it's based on um, the HEROES acronym actually comes from the research in positive psychology around psychological capital. Um, So uh, some of you may know um, HERO basically stands for um, hope, efficacy, resilience and optimism. And those four things when um, analysed statistically um, Fred Luthens and Bruce Avolio did a lot of research around um, different components of well-being that are taught And they found that those four in particular are greater than the sum of its parts. So if you can embed and implement strategies around those four, you will get bigger bang for your buck than employing one of them separately or other things in in, um, isolation or together. So we created Everyday Heroes as a sort of a well-being flourishing program um, that is about basically bringing um, those four, the HERO acronym, together as per the research, because again, everything we do is based on research. And then we wanted to add the E and the S, which is emotional intelligence and strength. Because, again, we know from the research, and you will know this, both of you, the, um, 
the the power of emotional intelligence and really understanding the science of emotions and bringing that to bear in your life. Um, but also we know from a huge body of research, again, um, the difference that strengths can make. Um, Alex Lindley is quoted as saying, um, strength is the smallest thing you can do to make the biggest difference. And every single person has strengths. And I know myself stuck here on my laptop beside me on my screen. I've got my um, strengths profile with my 60 strengths and where they're allocated. And during these times, which of course has been challenging for many people, including myself, um, I run a business. I've got lots of people that rely on me for their um, income, their livelihood, and our business has completely changed. Of course, like many others, all of our face-to-face went out the window at once. Um, so I've used my strengths literally on a day-to-day basis. I, I pull off my little laminated sheet and I look, okay, what conversations do I need to do today? Um, when I'm facilitating, I bring uh, my strengths to spotlight and narrator to the mix and it energizes me even if it is 2 a.m. Um, so all of these sorts of things, when we put the HEROES acronym together of bringing together that hope, that efficacy, which is about self-confidence, um, resilience skills, which is really sort of how do we manage our emotions and be able to handle what I think of as the upside of stress rather than it always being a negative um, optimism and that future orientation and being able to see a way through the current situation and then emotional intelligence and strength. And we offer that um, either face-to-face as a two-day program or broken down into chunks or now virtually. And it's just a way of helping people to really bring some of the research strategies to life in a way that is likely to make a difference for them. Beautiful. Well, that's really good to hear. Um, thanks for repeating the... Uh uh, the hero, because I was I missed uh, one or two of those. So we got hope, efficiency, mm-hmm. or efficacy, efficacy. Uh, efficacy. resilience, yeah. and optimism. And then you've added and, you know, and then emotional, emotional intelligence, intelligence and strength. And strength. That's great. Um, so you know, Kathy said something that kind of uh, provoked something to me. I want to get your sense. You know, about hanging. I'm on always to provoking you, Rally. I'm always. She's always provoking me. <laughs> And, you, and most of the time it's in a great way. Yeah. So it kind of provoked my thoughts about hanging on to emotions. You know, us as humans, and that is a big distinction versus probably animals, because of our intellect and, and uh, executive functioning, we hang on to emotions, replay them, and also we know from the neuroscience when we replay them, which ones are we replaying? We're probably replaying the negative ones. And if we're replaying the negative ones, some of the neuroscience says it's, uh, inducing pain in the brain, you know, so similar to a physical pain, but now we're doing this to ourselves. So maybe from your background, Sue, the idea of hanging on to an emotion, this kind of goes into our model of probably the A of accepting and then the M managing, but what are some of the things that you would encourage people to do if they keep hanging on to it, replaying it, and then this idea of injuring themselves unconsciously about it? Yeah, so there's a couple of so, things at play there, really. Hey, so when when it comes Sue? to anything that you hey, replay... Sorry about, sorry about yeah. that. Every, every time I ask you a question, we're about ready to go to a break. I'm sorry about that, but let's go to a take break. a break, and, and then oh, we'll, we'll have a chance for you to really expound on that. So this is Leadership now, Development now News. Taken, now he's taken my job away. I cannot provoke, <laughs> and I cannot interrupt. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a good old time here with our friend Sue in Australia. It's only about 2.30 in the morning there. We're delighted that she's able to stay awake long enough to have a conversation with us. So, Sue, before we went to break, Relly asked a really, I, I think, um, I don't want to use the word provocative, but a, a really insightful question about the human condition and emotional intelligence. And, and from somebody who's been studying this, you know, from multiple different ways and who's scientifically prepared for many of these behavioral reactions. Why do you think we as humans hang on to these emotions longer than they are meant to serve us? Yeah, look, it was a good question from Relly, actually, with a very complex answer. And then I thank you for adding that, Kathy. So I think there's, there's a few things. One, as you mentioned, we have, in theory, a more developed brain, which means we have this wonderful prefrontal cortex that allows us to do amazing things, such as anticipating the future, ruminating on the past, all sorts of things, the, the complexity of thinking that we can do, of manipulating information in our mind. And because of that wonderful stuff, it also means we can get caught up in some of the negative stuff. So if you are somebody who's awake at 3 a.m. and you find yourself ruminating or stressing over a particular issue that's going on in your life for an hour and a half before you fall back to sleep, um, that's the, the wondrousness of your brain able to do that. But unfortunately, what it does to us, then it continues that emotion. So we hang on to the thoughts, which then continue to hang on to the emotion. And we know from a brain perspective, um, the limbic system in particular 
has a cluster of neurons in there called the basal ganglia, which is uh, linked to our habits. And some people sometimes uh, miss the fact that when you talk about habits, it's not just habits of behavior. It can be habits of thought. It can be habits of emotion. So if you spend a lot of time going over and over and over and over and over on a particular theme, a particular thought, or spend a lot of time in a particular emotion, just like any neural connection, you are strengthening that neural connection so it's easier for your brain to go back there. So if you think about that from a habits of emotion perspective, one of the things that you can um, teach people is obviously from a cognitive perspective, the... um, Various phrases people use, learned optimism, cognitive reappraisal, uh, reframing, all of those sorts of things which allow us to flip our thinking. But if your brain is what I think of as low on fuel, so from a neurobiological perspective, if my brain is low on the chemicals that it needs in order to work well, my prefrontal cortex is not going to be fueled up enough to challenge that emotional part of my brain that's going, I feel this and I feel that and oh my goodness, what am I going to do? the prefrontal cortex almost hasn't got enough fuel. It's like a car stalled on the side of the road. It's kind of like, oh, I I don't know how to handle this because our habits in the limbic system have sort of taken over. And it's one of the reasons that we often talk to people about, yes, we need cognitive tools, um, little acronyms that can help us, as you said, you know, go through various things. But sometimes it's the physiology of emotions that is really useful to tap into. So we can hang on to those emotions in our body or we can use our physiology to try and shift those emotions. And and on our Mesquite accreditation this evening, part one, um, that was one of the first activities we did of getting people to experience an emotion through our body. When I've been running webinars on handling emotions in uncertain times, one of the first things we talk about is where are we feeling those emotions and how are they showing up in our body? Because we know from a physical sensation and also a neurobiological with all the chemicals that are produced, it changes the makeup of our body. And we can use, therefore, our body to shift our emotions as well as using our thinking to shift our emotions. So I don't know if that helps. It doesn't answer all of um, Rennie's initial question, but it certainly answers that part about hanging on. Well, especially I think we have this in our book, Emotional Brilliance, about, you know, around the managed side of, of the acronym name, you know, about physical movement and, and how that can change and about the life of a feeling. And we have a thing uh, in there about law of feelings and so what are the key laws. Um, but so you're saying, let's say, on a webinar, which is great when many of us are on those, you know, are on a computer most of the day, you actually have people, you know, get up and, and do something uh, to change how they're feeling? to make that experience. Yeah, that right? absolutely, really. We have um, pretty much most of the activities I would always do in face-to-face uh, sort of classroom-type setting I've managed to make, get people to do virtually. So, I mean, I even had 300 children across Asia doing, um, for instance, like the superhero pose. Um, so there is ways of just experiencing it. But even if you just think of something that happened to you previously that generated a negative emotion, if you stop and you reflect on that for a while and see if you can recreate the emotion, you'll start to feel it in your body. Yeah. And we know that, for instance, what are traditionally classified as negative emotions, I'm not saying they're bad, but traditionally classified as negative emotions, they generally have some form of physiological contraction. So we feel tense, we feel tighter, or a sense of weight or heaviness. Our limbs feel heavy or cold or don't want to move. Um, Our heart rate can change, our breathing can change, our um, temperature can change. 
with positive emotions, generally there's some form of lifted and lightness. So the exercise that I did with my group today, everyone was like, wow, I feel like I'm floating. I'm sitting taller. My neck is um, extended. My chin is lifted. My breathing was more expansive and open um, because we feel lifted. We feel lighter. And when you look at the amazing research over the last 70 years, people like Antonio Damasio, even to one of the more recent studies in Finland by Namanamar and colleagues that looked at how do we experience emotions in our body, that gives us brilliant clues of how we can therefore use our body to shift our emotions. Sue, as you are um, going through your programs, you tend, um, I, I guess, to look at ways to increase the productivity of individuals through understanding uh, the science um, behind emotional intelligence. And you, you like the tool, the mesquite, it appears. Tell us a little bit about why uh, you like that tool in particular. Sure, absolutely. So um, my job when I'm teaching anything to do with this, whether it's well-being, AI, positive psych, is to help people experience um, the learning, not just uh, teaching them science. We know, uh, well, we know from the mesquite results that one of the strongest profiles in the mesquite amongst clinical psychologists is being high on understanding emotions, but not necessarily on the others because they know a lot about emotions. So that cognitive awareness is, is there or that knowledge is there. Um, so for my job, I want, people, I want to share knowledge, but I want to facilitate learning through experience. So everything that we do is based on people experiencing it and then understanding the science behind it. The mesquite I particularly love. It's known in research around AI, which I'm sure you're aware of, as the gold standard for research because it is the only abilities-based test. And so like you, I'm accredited in the EQI. I used to do master training for the EQI. I used to do master training for Genos with their particular tool. Um, and um, I have used briefly like the ECI or the SCI um, but Mesquite, to me, the reason I really love that is because it's the only abilities-based model out there that is based on pure EI, so the original researchers that coined the phrase that operationalized the term emotional intelligence, seeing it as the intelligent use of emotions. But I think also because it's a pure model, you can really teach people the science behind it. It's not conflicted with any personality dimensions or trait-based elements or competency-based elements. Um, so I really love it for that. The other reason I really love it, and if anybody would like to know more, they're more than welcome to reach out because if you are in the leadership space, if you've been a leader for a period of time, for instance, um, you will have done every test under the sun. You will have done your DISC and your MBTI and your LSI and your HDDI and a whole range of other tools. And the thing that I have learned that when people sit down to do the mesquite, because it is so distinctly different, it makes people sit up and take notice. It also, to be honest, can provoke um, a little bit of tension for people when they get their results because it is an abilities-based test. So what does that mean? It means just like an IQ test, there is a righter or wronger answer, if you like. And um, so that can be a little confronting. It is actually a test. It's not an inventory. It's not a diagnostic. It's not an assessment. It is a test. And there is a better score and a not-so-good score. And, of course, that can be a little confronting, but I really like it from a leadership perspective because it, um, we know it's a fairly accurate tool around someone's ability, not just what they perceive their ability to be. Um, you know, and if you take that into the sporting field, if you ask me on a scale of one to seven how good I was at 
um, running 100 meter hurdles, you wouldn't ask me my opinion and I go, oh, I think I'm awesome at that. You'd actually get me to run it and you'd time it. Um, well, that's a bit like the mesquite compared to a self-report. I'm not telling you how good I think I am at managing emotions or perceiving emotions in others, etc. I'm actually being asked to do it. And that's one of the reasons I love the mesquite. And I love doing the certifications, even virtually, because we really help people, not just with the tool of how do you use it, but actually with the science of emotions behind it. And we're probably the only provider that does that, which is why our program is a little bit longer because we insist on putting the science of the emotions behind it before you get to do the tool. So I know that the mesquite is a very interesting tool, and, and I've, uh, I've done it myself, but you've kind of brought up some of the interest in maybe doing it again just to kind of see. And I know um, in dealing with uh, corporate folks, time is always of the issue, and so there's a little bit, at least my sense, and this is a little bit biased, but get your take on this, uh, Sue, of, you know, they don't have much time. And like you said, all the assessments that you mm. ran off, we're trying to get them to do more assessments. And like, oh, come on, they get assessment uh, fatigue. And there are some questions in the mesquite that, you know, are, are kind of out there a bit, you know, of like looking at a picture <laughs> of a river yeah. and saying, you know, yeah. so what People emotion does pick this up on have? that one, really. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, look, absolutely. people always pick up on that one, really. It's always where you get to the pushback. So there's a couple of things. So from a time perspective, if you're taking the mesquite yourself, and bearing in mind it's an abilities-based test, so only you can take it, um, it right. generally takes people somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes in general. Um, yeah. And that is a chunk of time, and you get others such as the EQI or Denos or others that take maybe 15 minutes. But the difference is if you're doing a 360, you might have 10 people giving up 15 minutes as opposed to one giving up 30 to 45. The challenge is absolutely the pictures. People get really funny about the pictures. But I like to explain to people what is the purpose behind that. And the purpose behind that is everything has this, uh, or we have this emotional environment. And yes, they use images um, of various things like a, a pool or rocks or a bush or something like that, or um, particularly artistic designs in the test at the moment that is being uh, refreshed as far as the images are concerned. But it's really about, let's take a leadership position for a moment. If you're in a leadership position and you've got somebody in your team who is um, new, um, more introverted in preference, um, is coming up for their three-month review, you would consider Sue? where you have that three-month Yes, I'm going yes, to ask you to just hold that thought. Hold that thought. And I want you to finish when we come back. So don't lose it. <laughs> we'll be I right will back. keep it. You're <laughs> good. Good, good, good. You're comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and 
brand influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practice of top performers. We're talking to a top performer in emotional intelligence, positive psychology. SueLangley.com is probably the easiest one to remember to get a, a hold of her. Uh, and then, Sue, any other website you want to uh, share before we jump into this question? Yeah, sure. So if people want SueLangley.com, we'll tell you about me or the Langley Group, or, sorry, LangleyGroup.com.au. Uh, we'll tell you about the organization and where you can get mesquite accredited, et cetera, as well as other things. Or if you're interested in our diploma of positive psychology and well-being, then it's langleygroupinstitute.com.au. Great. So before we uh, had to rudely interrupt you to go to a break, <laughs> you were talking about the mesquite and, you know, that takes 45 minutes and, and it was a good example that people could be doing 360s and so just to one person, but say a little bit more about how you kind of promote that, especially around the time issue, you know, for folks, because if they do want to do that, that usually becomes an obstacle. Yeah, well, as I say, I personally think the investment in time for one person is valuable. If you're doing a 360, yes, it's split across people. But again, if we come back to your question, particularly about the challenge around the pictures, as a leader, you will know if you are having a review conversation with somebody in your team who's new, more introverted, shy, quiet, and it is a three-month review, you will consider the office environment or the situation that you have that conversation. If there's somebody in your team who's more extroverted, they've been there 10 years and it's just a quick catch-up, you may consider a different environment like the coffee shop downstairs or something like that. 
Um, but equally, if it's a serious performance conversation around behavior, you will consider the environment that you have that conversation. So we know that environments have emotional contexts. And the picture component, which people often get hung up on on the mesquite, is basically highlighting are you aware of the emotional uh, context of your environment? And again, the reason I love the mesquite is because if you're using it for recruitment for senior leadership positions, you can't use a self-report for um, that because we know people are not good judges of their own IQ, let alone their own EI. So I think that's um, one of the reasons that I do like to use that tool. Um, it is robust. It is considered, um, as I say, a uh, gold standard in research. Um, but it's not just about the tool, as you know. It's not about necessarily the assessment. It's about are you actually learning and skilling yourself? You can have get the results from any assessment, but if you're not actually going to do anything with it, um, and again, it's a phrase I use all the time, you know it, do you do it? Many, of these, many people know this sort of stuff, but are we actually applying it in our day-to-day lives? Right. So, so just tell us, what, what is next for you that you're really excited about? Um, I really want to change the world, which I know sounds ridiculous. Um, but um, we had a lady who, we, we did some uh, reviews of our diploma, and there was one particular um, participant, and it's on our little video, that she said, can you imagine what the world would be like if everybody did this course? And it's not just about the course, it's about the learning. And I suppose I see so many challenges in the world at the moment that are actually driven by emotions. Um, emotions drive so much. They drive whether you can be bothered to get off your bottom and go for that run that you promised yourself that was good for your well-being. They, they drive whether you push yourself on that run to do things more. They drive whether you pursue your goals. Um, they drive how you interact with people. They just drive all of your decisions, behavior, performance, etc. And so I suppose for me, I see quite a few challenges going on in the world at the moment that I see, and you see it on the news all the time if you watch the news, um, uh, these, how emotions are driving things of fear and anxiety and leads to distrust and those sorts of things. And so I suppose my, what's next for me is... Uh, um, because our programs can be more global now, um, doing everything virtually. I love virtual. I have to admit, I didn't know if I would, but I love the virtual world. I love the fact that in one particular day, two weeks into our lockdown, I had done four webinars and I had hit over 700 people from every continent except Antarctica. So for me, I really want people to know the science. I want them to be able to use it and understand it because it will change your life. It can't help but change your life. And I would love to change governments, policies, communities, all of those sorts of things. And how I do that might be one person at a time. So, Sue, very Lovely. inspiring. Lovely. I, I love your, your mission. I'm sure our audience does. So we're going to end it in, in a moment. But so here's a question. So what's the best thing you do for yourself? We talk about top performers and being a top performer. We're always interested. So if you were to say, for me to be my best, here's what I do. Well, there's the practical things that I try and make sure I, I look after my the basics of what the brain needs, eat, sleep, and exercise. So I do try and look after those sorts of ones. I'm not perfect, but I'm generally vegetarian. I don't particularly drink much. I don't smoke. I try and exercise. All of those basic things. But to be honest, if I had to say, what do I do? I use the science. 
Um, and I know that might sound sad, but I'll give you an example. So when I was in Venice, one of the weeks that I spent with the neuroscientists, literally the leading neuroscientists around the world, one of the weeks was on the microbiome. So uh, the bacteria in and on our body and how it influences our mental health and our physical health, etc. And at the end of the week, I asked the faculty leader, who I won't name, but is literally the most experienced neuroscientist in the field of microbiome, the leading neuroscientist. And I asked him, so you know more than any of us in the room about this topic. Um, what have you changed based on what you have learned? And without meaning to judge, he wasn't physically the most um, athletic person. Not that I'm judging that, but that just gives you a bit of a picture. And he said, he said, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. He said, I guess I'm just more aware. And for me, that's not enough. I don't want to know stuff that the science tells me and not actually implement it. So on day two of that, I had already decided I needed to eat olives because I got no butyrate from my diet. I didn't like olives, but that was one key area I could get butyrate, which is a short-chain fatty acid that my body needs. So I have since then eaten olives every day. And now I really love them. Now, that's a really simple example. But for me, the thing that I do every day is I practice the science. And it has absolutely changed my life when I do that. Outstanding. So you've been charming and enthusiastic and motivating, and it's a great way to start a Monday. So thank you so much. Uh, we are delighted to have met you, and I'm sure we'll have a continuing relationship. I would love to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and to tune up your own performance right here with Relly and I on Leadership Development News. So come back soon. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Ray. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sue. We really appreciate it. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.